All culture. I, I do this for my culture. Black culture and hip hop culture. It's Corners of the Culture with D-Lo and KC. Let's go, baby. We in here. The latest episode of Corners of the Culture. Switching it up just a little bit. Man, KC is out, but uh, you got your host here. I'm Damian Barling, along with the dope ones. Peace, peace. Don is dope. Uh, appreciate you guys so much for being with us. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're streaming the audio on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, one of those that have uh, the ability to rate and review the show, please do that. I promise it'll only take a split second. If you're on Apple, you hit the five stars, boom, it takes a split second. If you want to leave us a review, just a couple of sentences of what you think of the show, man, go ahead and do that. That goes a long way. That's like liking a picture on Instagram. Yes. It uh, it boosts us up in the algorithm. Give us that boost, baby. Show Appreciate all the love, too. Appreciate it. On the uh, Pac episode. Oh, man. Absolutely. Pa- not only the Pac episode, but the Afeni uh, Tupac artwork uh, that the Dope Ones made was getting shared all over uh, social media yeah. uh, over the last week or so by yeah. some pretty high profile individuals. I'm I'm so thankful. Uh, I was actually hesitant to put that out, Damien, because I didn't know if I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. This is just how artists work. We are worst critic and i'm like eh, should i should i should i let this fly and i was like you know what i like it whatever and then next thing i know like the dear mama official instagram account is, yeah. is reposting it on twitter and instagram alan hughes showing love you know so i'm appreciative but it was definitely you know a, a really heartfelt tribute because yeah that series touched us man it, yeah. was, it was special yeah, your artwork doesn't miss, man. And that picture you made encompassed those. It encompassed the whole series beautifully, but really specifically those final three episodes, those final two episodes, man. That was just a a, a beautiful piece of artwork. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're following the dope ones and Don is dope across your social media platforms. Can't front when the idea of Corners of the Culture came up, you mm-hmm. know, a year or so ago. One of the the idea of diving into different elements of hip hop, different elements of the culture, uh, Tupac, you, you know, obviously we didn't know the Dear Mama series would be in play, but we certainly knew Tupac would be a big part of this. You know, our favorite hip hop artists would be a part of it. Our, 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 our movies like we did a couple of weeks ago, uh, reviewing, you know, our, our, our favorite albums of all time. One of the very first ideas i wrote in my notes was the episode we're doing today and it's the impact of the arsenio hall show and part of the reason i was so excited to do this was because when i was younger i think arsenio was with paramount and we could we could you know we could dive into the particulars of how all of this started later but if i remember right arsenio's deal was with paramount Uh here in sacramento Paramount was Channel 31. Channel 31 was where wrestling was on. So that's what I was glued to when I was younger. Superstars of wrestling, wrestling challenge, all of that. That was the stuff in the morning. But at night, I know there would be previews for the Arsenio Hall show. So when I'm younger, I'm looking at it just like, yo, this is this is dope. Like, I I, I, I think that's where I started to get familiar with NWA. And we could talk about some of the classic appearances they had. But I remember seeing Shaq there with uh, the Fushnickens and doing What's Up, Doc. And I remember like, Rock. at the time, it's like, yo, this is this is dope. This is yeah. like everything I love. And Arsenio loved wrestling. 
So you go on YouTube, you can find these classic interviews of like the ultimate warrior with Arsenio Hall, where Yo, he's just growling at him. That's you why know? I love Ultimate Warrior. Really? I knew nothing about wrestling until I saw him on the Arsenio Hall show, like making Arsenio all nervous and stuff <laughs> and yelling. And I was like, oh, I like this guy. But more so because he was on Arsenio's show. Right. And then there's, you know, there's a, a very, very infamous Hulk Hogan interview during the steroid trial oh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that was a part of the Arsenio Hall show as well. And all I knew was this encompassed everything I loved. It was years later, years, like probably adulthood or close to adulthood, where I realized how truly impactful Arsenio Hall was. It's it, it was probably, you know, during the 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 Letterman Leno stuff. And then and then really as I started to kind of study the late night type things of oh, Letterman was the late, late show. And then he wanted his own nighttime slot, his his true, you know, late night slot, and he wasn't gonna get it. Jay was gonna get to tonight's show. And you're reading all this movement, you look around like Jay, you got David Conan O'Brien and you start hearing these things about Joan Rivers and Johnny Carson. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, Arsenio was the only one. The only one. I had, again, you know, as I'm eight, nine, ten years old watching The Ultimate Warrior, Ravishing Rick Rude or whoever, that stuff's not computing with me. But as I, as, as I got older, I realized, man, none of these, they're not having Ice Cube on. Exactly. You know, they're not having these artists that I know and love on. They're they're catering to a different audience. And that's when it dawned on me. Man, Arsenio was really important in the super important evolution of like late night television. So let me just say, first of all, for you to have the idea to speak about Arsenio on an entire episode at the onset of like cultivating this show, that's just a testament to how much you love culture and how 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 I think even subconsciously you knew he is a huge voice in this culture, but an unsung voice because I really don't think there's enough emphasis put on how important he was. Yeah. And I mean, from the from the standpoint of, yeah, he was the only black late night host. He was, you know, arguably. um like one of the youngest, so he was more in tune with youth culture. Mm -hmm. And that's what the show was about. It was a hub for pop culture, youth culture, and black culture, you know, and with a particular emphasis on hip hop. You know, he could have been the single black host who played it safe. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and sort of pandered to, you know, what the what the mold was. Because, you know, he's, you know, said Johnny Carson is one of, you know, kind of his mentors right he kind of patterned himself but then no i want to do something completely different from what they're doing like i'll take bits and pieces from these guys who are doing it now but i'm gonna create my own my whole thing and it's gonna is i'm not gonna compromise and he had a beautiful almost just unfathomable opportunity you know as a young comic coming up you know from cleveland uh he went down to la just trying to just just trying to you know get on some mm -hmm. kind of way and you know he ended up being a i think it was in a uh he was like a co-host for the joan river show when it got canceled he was a filling he was a filling and then they changed it to the late show and his ratings got you know the highest ratings you know of all of the fill-ins and then he was offered his own show with paramount so just the opportunity alone but then to seize that opportunity and to make it something 
that we didn't even know we needed, mm-hmm. you know. But when I think about all of the acts who premiered, who he broke on 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 his show, mm-hmm. I mean, we could go down the list. Tony Braxton made her first appearance on her first television appearance. Mm-hmm. Tupac made his first television appearance with digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, Busta Rhymes jumped onto the scene scenario with with Tribe. You know. I mean, it goes on and on and on, and and he wasn't. It wasn't just hip hop; like it was just youth culture in general. It was all of the you know, movers and shakers, actors, entertainers, you know, athletes, like you mentioned. I mean, come on, man. There's an episode with Muhammad Ali. Come on, man. Sugar Ray Leonard. Yep. And Mike Tyson. Yeah. There is no one, nowhere yeah. ever, who even has like the pull to do something like that or the presence of mind like how important is that eddie murphy and michael jackson mm-hmm. i mean same episode on, shoot you, you t- again you talk about impactful moments and and there's the magic johnson episode yes when he announced yeah we're talking about hiv and Absolutely. i don't know i can't recall if it was the same day he made the announcement mm. or the day after mm. But it was it was within the cycle, like it was within like a 24 hour, you know, period of Magic Johnson announcing uh, he had HIV. And given, you know, the the fact that most of these shows are usually recorded earlier, my guess is it was probably on the next day. And I remember, you know, I'm pretty sure this episode is 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 online somewhere. But there's the famous, you know, it's Arsenio Hall star starring and you got the Arsenio, that whole thing. And he's doing the he's doing the polls. You know the 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 curtain comes up, and you know the you know the finger, the finger greeting yeah, yeah. that he that he that he did, and the whoop 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 whoop, and 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 you know you get the you get the you know the the dog pound over uh, on the side. You, these people over here, these are people who, whatever. Right. And I remember he comes out and he's to the Cleveland Browns, by the way. Yeah, no doubt time. from Cleveland. Yeah. So he he comes out and immediately turns. And kind of does the and here's magic like he does no monologue. He yeah. does nothing. You know, and magic comes out to this. You know, obviously, is just rousing ovation. The show was taped in Los Angeles and he sits down and talks with magic for however long, you know, yeah. the biggest news story on the planet. Right. He was, you know, he, he in 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 those circles in Los Angeles. Magic was one of his best friends. Magic was on that show all the time. The Arsenio Hall show is probably the reason the magic hour existed. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ill-fated magic hour still it, it ill-fated for sure but it probably <laughs> it's magic it solely existed yeah, but, because but sure. of his relationship with arsenio hall exactly. and his appearances on arsenio hall but again you've got the biggest news story in the world yeah and you have the focal point of that news story uh, on your show within you know 24 hours of that announcement no doubt and that's because arsenio is quoted as saying he was the CNN of hip hop, but mm-hmm. I think more uh, accurate, he was the CNN of of pop culture. He was the CNN of black culture. And like you said, being in L.A. and being friends with Magic and Prince and Eddie, like Arsenio was what the kids would say is tapped in. You know, he was tapped into um the culture at a very important time you know it was it was a a a a extremely uh fertile time for you know amazing talent that we've seen just 
you know, break basically. I don't know. He was like an architect of culture. Like he was an architect of modern culture. We've seen yeah. so many people come from his show that have gone on and flourished and had, you know, 20 year careers or 20 plus year careers. And a lot of them credit Arsenio with giving them a platform, you know, even just to speak about things like you mentioned magic, that is huge. And at the time there was so little known about HIV and everybody was like, well, uh, you know, magic breathes on me. Am I going to get it? And, you know, he needed a place where he could be like vulnerable and, and honest and comfortable and that was with his brother Arsenio because Arsenio provided that place, much like when Louis Farrakhan went on Arsenio, which was a huge deal at the time. Yeah. Because even, you know, other black talk show hosts who shall remain nameless were telling him not to do that. Like, don't, don't go there. Like, you, you know, and some people even think that in hindsight, it was that maybe show. he shouldn't have. <laughs> right. Because right. that some people think that that led <laughs> yep. to. Yeah, you know the, the end. The end of the show. So, yeah. but but still, still, you have to credit him for being. Fearless. He wasn't going to shy away. He was from not going to compromise what he wanted his show to be about. Well, there's there's a, there's a couple of instances worth pointing out. We probably haven't even touched on as big as the Magic Johnson one was. There was probably a bigger one that we'll get to in a minute. But the Vanilla Ice. That's yeah, that was the next one I was going to. like Arsenio was really close with with at the time MC Hammer. Yeah. He was really, really close with MC Hammer. And, you know, if, if you remember 1990, which I think was about a year after the Arsenio Hall show started it, it or 1990, 1991, it, it was it was to the extreme. And please hammer don't hurt him like those albums were selling. You know, they sold I think they both sold upwards of 10, 10 yeah. million copies. Maybe Vanilla Ice didn't quite get to 10 million. I know MC Hammer did, but that's all that that, you know, for better or worse, that's what was being categorized as hip hop was right. Vanilla Ice and, and MC Hammer and those particular two albums. Right. And the, the, the thing was always, you know, Vanilla Ice challenging MC Hammer to a dance contest and all these different things. And Arsenio didn't take very mm -hmm. kindly to that. So he brings Vanilla Ice on the show and essentially interrogates yep. him to the point where the crowd starts booing. Yeah. And and Vanilla Ice, you know, gets like Captain Smartass and is like, yo, like your own crowd is booing you. And Arsenio, without skipping a beat, says, that's fine. When they get their own talk show, they can interview you exactly. and talk to you the way that they want to. But for right now, you're on my talk my show, show and this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And that was the ultimate to me. That's the ultimate. I'm not placating. To anybody. Yeah. Hammer is my guy. You're talking a little too funny. And we're going to hammer this out right here. No pun intended in front of the world. And looking a little too funny too. What the hell did he have on in that episode? He looked that, like but evil Knievel. That was shit. Vanilla Ice's style, know, right? It, it, like, but that's why I and that's again, why, but 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 think about it though. That's that's why Arsenio immediately called bullshit on the whole course. thing. He and was like. This is the phoniest shit. It's the it's the biggest see through bullshit ever. And mm -hmm. you're not gonna sit up here and tell me like you you really you know about this culture. Like you're not right. gonna sit here and disrespect <laughs> my culture. Arsenio was strong enough in front of his audience to say when they get their own talk show, they can talk to you the way that they want to. They can interview the the way that they want to. He was also smart enough to not turn to the crowd and go, y'all are really falling for this shit. Exactly. He didn't. He didn't. Because that's what he. Yeah. You can hear him like essentially yeah. calling bullshit on the whole on Vanilla the whole Ice thing. act. And he was smart enough to not look to the crowd and go, 
y'all are really buying this shit, huh? And then I got to point out another very smart thing he did. So at towards the end of the interview, Vanilla Ice asked for Flavor Flav to come out as like his backup. Like here, here look, Flavor Flav, you know, cosign. Gets the cosign. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm down, you know, and Flavor Flav is there mm -hmm. because this is a side note. Arsenio's back his green room was like a little lounge. It was a little club. And sometimes there'd be guests hanging out who didn't even come on the show. Mm -hmm. And it'd be rappers and actors, blah, blah, blah. Flavor Flav was there that night. And before the show started, Arsenio said he ran into him and was like, yo, Flav, what are you doing here? Flav's like, oh, I want to see what this vanilla ice dude is about. He's like, but he said he's your friend. Well, if he says he's he's my friend, G, then he's my friend, G. Introduce me to him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then so so Ice T, I mean Ice T, Vanilla Ice tries to call him out as to be like, yeah, come 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 hang out on the couch and tell Arsenio it's cool. Arsenio's like, Flav, we'll get back to you anyway. Robert mm -hmm. Van Winkle, mm -hmm. he will, what's good? Yeah. You know what I mean? So he deferred that. He deflected that. He wasn't, you know, Flav ain't coming up here. I'm not interviewing Flav, and I'm not going to let him distract from what we're talking about. And you just got to give Arsenio so much credit because it was. It took a lot of bravery to do that because, I mean, in hindsight, okay, Vanilla Ice, we know what he was. Like, you know, I got mm -hmm. love for Vanilla Ice. Mm -hmm. I listened to Ice Ice Baby as mm -hmm. a kid, but we all knew it was a gimmick. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we knew, but it, 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 it took Arsenio to check him. Yeah, he should have checked him, you know, just like, you know, if there was any other thing about culture that he wanted to come on to talk about, like the queer nation mm -hmm. who had a public, you know, they 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 protested in the middle of the, of the show live mm -hmm. on TV. Mm -hmm. And instead of being oh, we'll cut for commercial. No, Arsenio addressed them on the air mm -hmm. as he and he wasn't disrespectful. They were actually being disrespectful. He understood where they were coming from. But he also wasn't going to be the scapegoat like, oh, I'm discriminating against gay. That's not what's going on here. You picking the wrong fight, but I'm not going to run away from this. We're going to we're going to have a conversation about it. And I think it was just it was just a beautiful time and culture. And, and his show was such a reflection of the times and how important it was to have these guests on, to have interactions like that, to speak on that. And even if Vanilla Ice is salty. Bro, you needed to be called out on your bullshit, mm -hmm. and there was no better place to do it than the Arsenio Hall show. The Queer Nation one, I don't want to gloss past that too quick. It's a it's an incredible clip that still circulates on social media quite a bit because it really is kind of a one of a kind yeah, like moment absolutely. where he's essentially being heckled like he's getting ready to transition to it looks like given where he's standing to bring out a guest and you hear, you know, someone yelling in the back and Arsenio actually responds to the person. He's like, what's that? And then, you know, the, the, the camera kind of pans and it gets a little clear. And I think the guy yells, how come you don't have any gay guests? And Arsenio just calmly, like, what do you, how do you know I don't have any gay right. guests? Just because I, I've had plenty of gay guests. Just because you don't know they're gay doesn't mean that they're not gay. And whether they're gay or not, it's quite frankly, none of your business. And as the heckling goes on, or heckle's probably the wrong word, but as the interaction goes on, Arsenio's voice raises yeah, to the point where he says, it's none of your business who on this show is gay or not. Now sit your ass down so I could do my show. I just had on Elton John. He <laughs> rocked the house. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's a great clip. All these clips are worth uh, going out of your way to see. And they probably pale in comparison to the most important one. If the story is told correctly through the history books. Mm -hmm. And you and I, and probably everybody listening to this knows, it won't be. Yeah. 
Never is. The election of Bill Clinton was completely changed the day after he <laughs> appeared on the Arsenio Hall show. The sex so low. He went on the Arsenio Hall show as a presidential candidate, as a struggling presidential candidate, played the saxophone and won over everyone. Yeah. And that changed the entire election. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because looking back, it's a little cringe looking back at it, but it's brilliant on Bill Clinton's part. And we know now how much. Billy C, you know, rise for the culture. You know, we no. know, we 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 know, but we also know no. there's a little bit of pandering <laughs> yeah, to it too. Yeah, we know that with the election of Obama, we know that there's some pandering, and he's still Bill Clinton from Little Rock. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was a it was a it was a it was a brilliant political move for him to go on Arsenio. I mean, I, I mean, it's too bad Hillary didn't you know take cues from that like you know the hot sauce in the purse was not a good look mm -hmm. but <laughs> bill clinton playing sax on arsenio was how you get black and you voters mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying you I, I almost can't be mad at it right and so again another instance of arsenio's show being a cornerstone of that time period and how impactful he was for a presidential candidate. A cornerstone to come of the culture. In, a cornerstone <laughs> of the culture. There you go. For a, a presidential candidate to come on in his whole election, it, it swings basically after yeah. his appearance. Yeah. He, he mean, appeared in June of 92. And the election was, you know, in November. Yeah, man. And he, he won over, you know, b b black voters. He won more. And probably just as important is he won young voters. Right. Like that was th th such an important component to President Obama's election. You know, we could talk about black and white, male and female and all of that. But it was the young voters that tuned out for, or, or turned out for that one who by 2020 were just like, fuck this. Or I guess not, not 2020, 2016. 2016. Yeah. 2016 they yeah. were just so like over this process of like, you're yeah. kidding me. Is is her or him yeah forget it yeah and if if you don't have a candidate to win those voters those voters tune out yeah and you wind up with what we you wind up with what we got what we got yeah, yeah you wind up with what so we got. i mean this is why i i this is a quintessential reason why i pine for the 90s why i'm so nostalgic and i romanticize and i know it's bullshit i know i need to move on but i'm stuck in the 90s okay i'm wrong just with that. gonna admit it on this episode i am stuck in the damn 90s okay and arsenio hall show is it encapsulates exactly why and an a, a amazing dynamic about this show is that while the show was being recorded and as impactful as it was behind the scenes, there was a whole community, if you will, of movers and shakers who were just there mm -hmm. because that was like the place to be. Mm -hmm. In Will Smith's book, he basically mm -hmm. says, yeah. the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air would not have happened had he not, he wasn't even a guest. Mm -hmm. Had he not gone down to whatever studio, the Arsenio Hall show, was being filmed at the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air would have never happened. Mm -hmm. The deal basically was made in the dressing room 
of the Arsenio Hall. The audition happened at Quincy Jones's house, mm-hmm. but the the finalized papers, the finalized contracts, it was Benny Medina, mm-hmm. Quincy Jones, Will Smith backstage at the Arsenio Hall show. And the rest is history. The audition story is pretty funny. It's worth going yeah. at it. I think Will Smith in the promotion of that book talked a lot about it. I know we talked about it to Oprah on one of those Apple TV shows. Uh, but he talked about how they're in the middle of a party at Quincy Jones house and Quincy tells Will Smith to rehearse to 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 go 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 do a scene. Yeah. And was Will's, nervous. Will's like, no, I I I, I need <laughs> some time. time. And Quincy's <laughs> telling him, everyone you need to make this deal right is here. is here right now. Oh, I need I need a week. And then and then Quincy Jones goes on to like mind manipulate him into how waiting a week is really going to be like waiting six months. Yeah. Go do it now. And he convinces Will to go do it and then tells he tells uh uh, what's it? Was it, it not not uh not Dick Brandon Tartikoff? He used to run NBC. Okay, and I've told, heard the name before. Yeah, Brandon Tartikoff. You you probably you saw him on an old episode of Saved by the Bell. Okay, Brandon Tartikoff <laughs> told him, uh, or he told Brandon Tartikoff, "Hey, is your attorney here?" Brandon goes, "Yeah." Hey, you draw up a deal memo now, and they draw up a deal memo yeah, for the for the show for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Amazing. I mean, it's amazing, and and so. He talks about in the book too, if I remember correctly. You, you talk about the the Will Smith getting the deal done. He would just go to Arsenio and just hang and out, just there hang out, and just it was the be place seen. to be. Yeah, it was people who had never been on the show, stars mm-hmm. who, for whatever reason, their agent didn't book them, but they still wanted to go to the Arsenio Hall show. I mean, just think about it, right? Arsenio sitting down, interviewing his right hand man Eddie Murphy on the numerous times he's been on. Mm-hmm. And this one particular time, just middle of conversation, out walks the King of Pop, out walks Michael Jackson yeah. with an MTV award. Yeah, you don't just have Mike walk out in the middle of an interview. You know, you make an episode all about Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. he's in the building, but mm-hmm. he was just there, right? He just happened to be there. He probably pulled up in the limo real quick. Oh, I'm gonna give this award to Eddie at Arsenio show, and he could just do that. You know, it was the place to be. Yeah. And there was nothing else on TV like it. And there has never been anything since. And quite frankly, Damien, it's a tragedy that Arsenio's show was cut short. It was only from what? Like what? 90 to 94? 91 to 94? from January 3rd, 1989. And its final episode was May 27th, 1994. And now can we talk so because so you mentioned the Bill Clinton interview being the most important show, right? Did you say show or interview? Uh moment. Moment. Yeah. So I think the most important moment, sadly, was the last episode, the hip hop all-stars. Mm. That was I think I think the only other thing I can compare it to is maybe like the last episode of Yo MTV Raps, mm-hmm. you know, but it was because of Arsenio's show that something like that would even happen. Yeah. You know, and all of the Wu-Tang, uh, you mentioned Fushnickens, they were on it. Mm-hmm. Yo, yo, MC like KRS-One, Tribe, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you name it, DOS Effects, uh, 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 Guru from Gangstar. Oh my God, it was amazing. Like, it's an amazing show, but it's really the love for Arsenio, and it, it was bittersweet because he shouldn't have been canceled. But what happened was, I think, 
they moved Dave and Jay Leno into that that same slot, and they still sort of had a, a grip on late night. Mm-hmm. And his his viewership went down or whatever, but it was more than that, in my opinion. And I think it started with the Louis Farrakhan episode. And, you know, I talked about that earlier, but just to go in, in depth a little further, you know, the minister Louis Farrakhan is a very polarizing character, as we know. Mm-hmm. And at the time, he was coming under fire for some really anti-Semitic, you know, rhetoric, whatever have you. But you and I know he never really had a platform to speak his piece. It was always on the defense yeah. about what the nation was and was it hate speech? You know, he's the black Hitler. And I mean, just very, very unfair characteristics and feel how you want about Louis Farrakhan. One thing you cannot say is that he doesn't have genuine love and best interests for his people. And that's just a very basic, broad term. You know, it's much deeper than that. His his roots to, you know, the nation and, you know, the whole controversy with Malcolm X, et cetera. But he never had a place to come and just speak and just speak his truth and not be constantly defending accusations. Arsenio was the only place to do it. Well, so so you to tell the whole story properly, you're probably it, it's fine to frame Louis Farrakhan. It's easy, right, to frame this Louis Farrakhan interview as the the beginning of the end. When in reality, the ratings had started to dip. And what you just said about the Letterman Leno stuff where Letterman switches, you know, he leaves NBC, leaves goes NBC, over to CBS. CBS. So now you have two kind of juggernauts battling battling it out on 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 network television. Right. It, th- that started in 1993 so a uh-huh. year before arsenio was canceled that started that started the ratings decline yeah probably less because of anything arsenio was doing and more because everyone that. was so fascinated by this late night war that wasn't only taking over television but it was taking over news programs and people were taking sides and forming opinions and right. and, and every you were either in jay leno's camp or you were in uh, uh david letterman's camp and that again was 1993 that again was 1993 and the farrakhan interview was in february of 94 okay the show was canceled in may yeah february march april may you go through a rating slide for four months you're probably not canceling the show the rating slide started the year prior with the letterman switch and the Farrakhan interview was criticized partly because of the platform, partly because Arsenio essentially scratched the whole show and just interviewed Louis just, Farrakhan. Just Farrakhan. That's Much all like it was. the magic episode. Right. Scratched everything <clears throat> and just, just talked to Farrakhan. Yeah. And the belief was Arsenio was too soft on him. That was the bigger criticism than actually having Farrakhan on the show. Uh-huh. It was you you gave an hour of your prestigious show uh-huh. yeah. to him and you were easy. Yeah. You you basically let him off the hook. And I think that was a a greater criticism of that interview than just the certainly giving him the platform was a huge criticism. Right. But the fact that he didn't go at him 
I yeah. think was but I think was bothersome see, to some people. It was. It was just having him on was bothersome. But as far as like the ratings and stuff, that's yeah, I'm totally naive to that process. But you know, it makes sense. And I ratings think, declines usually. It's like something like it's a trend that lasts a long time. Right. Four months, unless it went from you know. Unless it just tanked. Yeah, unless it was clearly like, yo, we had Farrakhan on and now no one watches. Yeah. Like, See, and that's not realistic. Speaking from purely a pop cultural relevancy standpoint, it seemed like at the time Arsenio got canceled, it was at the height of his popularity. That's just what it seemed like. Now, ratings, for obviously. Us, for us. Exactly. Yeah, That's for what I'm us, saying. it probably I'm was. I'm speaking from a very narrow, naive mm -hmm. perspective here. Because if it's ratings as a whole, we know we're not the majority watchers, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, it just, it, I, it just for us, it was like a heartbreak to see him go. Because it was, you know, when you really think about it, it was really just a, a, a glimmer in time. It was a blink. It's never been replicated. Was, Oh, it can't be. It couldn't be. But there's but there's never been a late night talk show distributed to networks that or on network tele that is for us. Yeah. That's for the culture. Right. There isn't one. Not that I not that I can think of. I, I can't mean, either. George Lopez, you know, not, not being critical. Like that's not what George Lopez's show was. No. There's no it just it does not exist. The fun <laughs> Jimmy Fallon's probably the closest. <laughs> like, no, that might fact. be the closest. It's true. It ain't it. Like that's it. it but it's probably it's the closest. Hell, the closest. Jimmy Kimmel's probably not far off either. Like I guess it's the evolution of of the talk show a little bit, but it's still not delivered by someone like Arsenio. And it's because Arsenio is such a one of a kind host. Yeah. Too his gift of gab, his likability. Uh, you know, him not compromising again, wanting to do something different, I think has a lot to do with the reason why it hasn't ever been replicated because he he had a deliberate, clear vision of, of what he wanted the show to be and he stuck to it. And I just don't I just don't feel like. I just don't feel like anybody could could replicate something like that, because a lot of it has to do with the time period in which it was created also, you know what I'm saying? So there's. There's another really important important footnote to this show, in my at least in 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 my opinion. Okay, we talk about this show starting in what do we say February of eighty nine, uh, January third. Sorry, it started in January third of nineteen eighty nine. I don't think that if if the Arsenio Hall show doesn't exist, I don't think In Living Color exists. Mm, that's. That's and in Living Color started April 15th, 1990. Okay. So you're a year plus into the success of the Arsenio Hall show. Now think just outside of the sketch comedy that Living Color presented, what else did it present? You talked about Arsenio and in, 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 in introducing us to, to Busta Rhymes. Go find, you can find Leaders of the New School on In Living Color. You can find Das Effects on In Living Color. First place I think I heard, yo, my name is D Nice, and yo, I hate to admit it. Take you had the live DJ and SW1, yeah, you know, yeah, Sean Wayne's SW1. like the birth of you know, we 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 were introduced to Jennifer Lopez there Fly on girls. the set of In Living Color and Rosie Perez there, you know, on yep. the set of In Living Color. And I 
don't know if that show exists on Fox if it wasn't for the success that Paramount had with the Arsenio Hall show. I, I, I mean, who could argue with that? You know, I definitely feel like it influenced a lot, but directly, yeah, it, Living Color is a direct is a direct lineage Descended, between the two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you could, and they were both on, yeah, they were both on Fox, right? Um, no, it's it's just that again another testament to how special you know that that show was, and then you know it's a testament to how special Arsenio is as a person, and I really feel like he's an underutilized talent. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, you know, and I know he took time off to raise his kid, which is you know you know salute to him that's beautiful to be to be able to even do that you know selfishly like so many other things that i feel like got cut short so much other you know culturally relevant important things i feel like you know another year or two of arsenio maybe maybe not on the show i don't know maybe maybe a transition to hbo or something i mean i don't know it was so groundbreaking at the time it just felt like damn we 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 need this and it felt like there was a void um again like you said that has it's never happened again so there was kind of a void culturally after his show went off the air but then as time went on i think the impact of his show was almost forgotten about or not maybe not forgotten about but it's an afterthought it's not it hasn't been like up there in the conversation of, and then especially when you talk about hip hop, like when you talk about how he was so invested in the culture, Mm -hmm. I don't know if he gets enough credit for that. I don't think he does. I don't, and he, he, he deserves a lot. He deserves a lot of credit for, for being so entrenched and, and, and so impactful in bringing new artists to the limelight you know and it's just you know i'm happy we lived through it i'm happy to say that you know i used to watch arsenio as a kid and soaked up all of that and it's a it shaped me you know it's a it's a part of me every day it's a part of what i do every day but i i'd be remiss if i you know didn't say that i felt like we were kind of robbed of of how special a show like that was i mean and there was yo mtv raps and then there was bet and you know different things but it was nothing like you said it was nothing like arsenio i wonder if the reason he doesn't get that acknowledgement that we both feel like he deserves is because he was like very literally best friends with arguably the two biggest stars of the 80s yeah Obviously, he is incredibly close to Eddie Murphy and yeah. they've done, you know, projects together and and the and, and, and the whole thing. What a big part of the Arsenio Hall show Eddie Murphy was. And then of course we just talked about magic. Yeah. How close that 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 those two are. Those again, it it, it just in pop culture, the culture, and just in life, the two biggest stars of the 80s. And then you have Arsenio who in his own right is a is a huge star but pales in comparison to those two and i wonder if that's why we if that's he why he doesn't get the acknowledgement that maybe he deserves because he's in their shadow you think yeah yeah i mean i would say that especially in the case of eddie if arsenio was still actively trying to be like a stand-up or trying to do movies on his own i think he had like a short-lived show titled arsenio i think he had a sitcom and it really didn't work. And then something, I think he might have guest host on something. But 
I see what you're saying. Even and then yeah, like in Living Color used to make the skits about you know Arsenio and Eddie, and Arsenio mm-hmm. was just you know his 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 whatever his hype man pretty much. But I think the fact Kenan that Arsenio... Ivory Wayne's exceptionally long index finger during those skits was amazing. <laughs> it was an index finger like the length of a pencil. Like it's extraordinary. <laughs> yes. Like, this, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's just hilarious. But I, I just, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I agreed simply because Arsenio created his own platform. He carved out his own lane. You know, he obviously wasn't playing basketball and he wasn't trying to do stand up anymore. He had a background in stand up, but having that late night show carved out his his own. He had his own thing, and then to do it the way he did, to sort of cemented his individuality. So. I, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if that is why. I really think it's because. Let me check one thing here. I think in essence, it's because it was like so short lived. Okay, coming to America, eighty-eight dropped. I was three. When about I no, I was four. Six months. Before, Before the start the of our Arsenio Hall show. Okay. Damn, that makes sense. Yeah, because his show started in 89. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, about, it's about six months. I, I I don't know. It's just a it's it's just a thought. Uh, but Arsenio deserves all of the flowers. Uh, can you guess how old Arsenio is? He's 67. He's 67 years old. He's almost 70 it's years crazy. old. That's insane. That's crazy. And can we can we just can we can we salute? Arsenio, how iconic he was in coming to America. See, when you talk about oh, yeah. when you talk about him being overshadowed by arguably the two biggest stars of the '80s, it can't be said enough how much he held his own in coming to America. Well, not just coming to America, but this I think came out. He after... got slighted on Harlem Nights, though. But he oh, he a, was terrific. He, he in had Harlem a big. Nights. He should have had a bigger part in Harlem Nights. He was good, but it should have been more screen time for him. But go ahead, I didn't mean to cut you. No, that, that's what I was gonna point out yeah. was his performance in Harlem Nights. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was, but it was it was too short. He should have had more screen time. He was hilarious. In it. And that's tough when you got Eddie and Richard Pryor and Red Fox right. and like you you have a who's who exactly. of black comedy and everybody in, in, trying in to get show. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like uh uh Robin Harris didn't get enough screen oh, time. Oh, Robin Harris she, definitely yeah. didn't. Yeah. yeah, Robin Harris definitely didn't. Yeah, shout out to the Charlie Murphy cameo, too. Um but yeah, Arsenio was just, you know, he's just a special, special human being in the culture, man. It was lightning in a bottle, that show, and it definitely can never be replicated, but it can't be overstated how important the impact and and the cultural relevancy and just the legacy yeah. uh, of that show is. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited we got to talk about this today. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was, I've been itching to do this one for a while, so... We appreciate you so much for being with us. We hope you enjoyed this show as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. If you got any feedback for it, shoot us uh, your notes, your thoughts, uh, your ideas, your opinions uh, across our social media platforms at Don is dope at dope ones official uh, as well. And uh, at Damian Barling uh, at Dino and KC, you could connect with us. Uh, Kenny will be back with us next week. Uh, and we hope you will too here on Corners of the Culture. Yeah.